You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX and bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's just that easy. I'm Leah Merrill, joined by Craig Morgan and Steve Peters as always. But we also have a special guest today. George Richards is joining us He's been covering the Florida Panthers since 2004 and currently covers them for Florida Hockey Now. Welcome to the Phoenix Coyotes podcast, George. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, what's going on? How's everybody doing today? Yeah. Well, we're Coyotes fans, so maybe not as good as you are down in Florida. We're, we're still <laughs> struggling to find our first win. And honestly, looking at the calendar, I don't see it anytime soon. And now you're getting an angry Tampa Bay team, right? So, uh, yep. Not a lot of fun there. Personally, I'm just happy to be in Tampa after this uh, ordeal of a travel day. So, yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> yeah. And that's coming from a guy who's made the drive to Tampa like twice in the past two weeks. So, um, yeah, I feel for you, buddy. I was wishing I had made the drive, George. It would have been shorter. Would have been shorter. <laughs> yeah. Less scenic, maybe. but Yeah, that's true. Is the only way to do that across Alligator Alley and then up? Yeah, or, across yeah. the alley and up. Yeah, stop I've done that stop drive. At the, stop at the gas station in Punta Gorda and uh, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I have done that drive. Yep. All right. Well, let's get into the Panthers a little bit, who Coyotes fans just saw last night in Sunrise. 5-3 um, victory. It could have been a lot worse. The Panthers outshot the Coyotes 11-1 to in the first period, and the Coyotes scored on that only shot of Clayton Keller breakaway. But... Uh, the Coyotes lost three players to injuries. Um, they continue to lose. They haven't won a game this year. But on the other end of the spectrum, the Florida Panthers are a legitimate 6-0, George. And nobody in South Florida seems to care. What's up with that? That crowd? Well, oh, I don't know that people don't care. I, I think they just aren't coming to the games. And, um, you know, like you know, like you guys in, in Arizona know, uh, you know, fan interest doesn't always uh, – mean how many people are in the stands. I mean, it's just such a rough, tough, tough arena to get to from anywhere in South Florida. Um, mm. You either have to be on the farther, you know, the Palm Beach County or the west side of Broward for it to be convenient for you. So, um, you know, when they were playing in Miami Arena, they sold out every single game. You couldn't get a ticket. That's why they built such a big arena in the Everglades. Um, and it's just, you know, 
you know, not to mention all the years of losing, but listen, I think people are very interested in this team. I mean, they're, they are the talk of the town. Uh, the, the TV ratings are through the roof. Um, it's all anybody talks about on the sports radio. If you go by that metric and uh, you can see some, uh, you see, you know, the local TV stations showing up doing the live hits from there. So people are talking about the Panthers. Um, it's also, we talked about this last night, Craig, in the press box, it's October, you know, I mean, the, the season's way too long. It starts too early. You look around the league, you see a lot of, a lot of places that are usually full that aren't. So, um, it's just not a Florida problem, even though it is kind of a problem in Florida. What's working for the Panthers right now, George, in, in this start? I mean, we could see that, I mean, watching them last night, they've got a lot of team speed. They, yeah. Yeah, they whip the puck around. Boy, that, it was impressive to watch. And obviously, some of their 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 big name players are producing. Um, what are you seeing? Yeah, just like you said. I mean, the speed is unreal. The, the Panthers are rolling three, four good lines on on any given night. Um, when you've got Joe Thornton on your fourth line, you know that's not too bad. Um, they play very good defensive hockey. I think the two goals that that Arizona scored late last night, uh, you know, were some defensive breakdowns, uh, and that's going to happen in a game that was, you know, fairly lopsided um, and then dominated by the Panthers. I think they just kind of lost sight of things, but took their foot off the gas. But, you know, you got to give credit to to Arizona for not quitting in that game. I mean, uh, it would have been very easy to very easy to fold up your tents in a game like that when Florida just had the puck the entire night. The Florida did the puck never really went into the into the Coyote side of the ice for you know the first forty five minutes of the game, other than that one power play. So the Panthers are doing a lot of good things, and they're doing that to a lot of good teams. I mean, uh, coming into last night, the Panthers were five and zero against all you know, playoff teams from last year or the Philadelphia Flyers who should be a playoff team this year. So the Panthers were, were playing some of the best teams in the league and, and, and beating them. They went to Tampa Bay and beat the lightning. They, they beat the, they beat the Islanders at home. So um, the Panthers are feeling pretty good about themselves and they should, this is a legit team with some, 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 some guys who are ready to really break out. You look at Sasha Barkov. This is like his eighth, ninth year. He's only 25, 26 years old. You've got guys like Aaron Eckblad. These guys seem like they've been around forever because they have, and they're still just now scratching how good they could be. One of those guys that you mentioned that's been around for a while that's just finding his game is Sam Bennett, a guy who kind of struggled finding his way with the Calgary Flames. He was a fourth overall pick by the Flames in 2014 and just never really hit his stride there. Since he's been in Florida, I, I tell you what, he, he's really starting to drive the bus offensively for this team. Any ideas what's behind his resurgence? I, I think, you know, how many times have we talked about the change of scenery thing, right? The trade deadlines. And this guy just needs it. This guy seemed like one of those guys who did because he comes in from Calgary. Nobody down here cares where Calgary drafted him. Not Florida's problem. You, 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 they could have picked him first overall. Who cares? It wasn't our pick. He comes down here, Joel Quinville. He walks in the door. They put him on the, on the second line, centering the second line with Jonathan Huberdo. You know, it's going to be hard not to to kind of, you know, maybe get a lift, you know, from that. And I think he just picked up with that and rolled with it. They, they threw uh, Owen Tippett with him um, as, as the year is as the season ended last year. And that really seemed to work the the, the contrasting styles. Um, Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto just seemed like they were born to play together. 
Um, for years, everybody was saying that, that Huberto had to play with Sasha Barkov. And now nobody's even mentioned that because Sam Bennett and, and, and Jonathan Huberto just seem like such a perfect match that they've been great together. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned Joel Quenville. What has been his impact now? It obviously, brings the street cred from his years with the Blackhawks and even before that. But what has been his impact on this team? I, I think he just knows how these guys, he knows what bush, buttons to push. And I said that, you know, in 2016 when Gerard Gallant, you know, this team had their best season ever. They won the Atlantic Division, yada, yada. Joel, uh, you know, Gerard Gallant was a player's coach. He knew, you know, when to, when to push them, when to, when to pull back. And I think Joel Quinville is as good as that with that as anybody. I mean, the guys, if he, if he says something, the guys listen, I mean, they, you know, you see those rings on the finger. Um, they know he knows what he's talking about, but he's, but he, but he's a former player. Um, you know, he's been around the block a number of times. He's been with some great teams, not only, you know, the ones we know is, is Chicago, but he was also, you know, an assistant and in, in, in Colorado for that, for that great avalanche team in 96. And, um, he's just a calming presence. He's just, uh, you know, he comes in, they get their work done. They have 30 minute practices. They're in, they're out. The guys love it. I mean, they're there, you know, he has them come in at 10 AM, but they're out, you know, they're out the door by lunch, you know? So they all, they all seem to respond to it. I, you know, it was kind of weird the first year. I think there was some feeling out process in that first year. And then you had COVID and that, you know, so who even remembers it, but I think you saw it last year, the, the guys really appreciated being around Joel Quinville when they were all locked together, they, they couldn't interact with anybody else. I think they really got to know him. Here's some of his stories. You don't really get that in a normal season because the coaches kind of hang with the coaches, the players hang with the players. But I think last year when they were on the road, they were kind of stuck together and they really got to know him and he got to know them a little better. I think that's really helped. Is it too soon to call this a cup contender? I think I think a lot of people look at you funny because it's the Florida Panthers, but then you see, you know, yeah, but yeah, the Florida Panthers, yeah, sure. I think they, you know, they are. I think Joe Thornton thinks they are, right? And I think that woke a lot, I think that opened some eyes to a lot of people when Joe Thornton, the guy's famously chasing the ring, um, and signing a league minimum contract, you would think he could go anywhere in the league, right? And he chose to come to Florida. He thinks Florida is his best chance to get that ring. So I think you know, people around the league were like, well, Joe Thornton thinks that it must be legit. And it does look legit. I mean, if this team can keep 75% of the goaltending that they've gotten already to start this season. Um, yeah, this team is legit good. But the, you know, the power play is going to, you know, finally start clicking here in a little bit. They've just got too much firepower on that power play. Um, the defense is good. They're probably going to get some defensive help at the trade deadline um, as well. And, you know, the, 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 you know, their 12 forwards are, you know, pretty, pretty darn solid. So I think, yeah, this, this is a team they need to, they need to win a first round. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. They haven't, they haven't been out of the first round since 1996. Uh, it's 25 years ago. So yeah, win a first round first and then we'll talk, but you know, you know how the playoffs are, you know, win around and see what happens. And the other good thing, too, is you're getting off to a good head start in the Atlantic Division. You've got really tough yeah. competition, Boston, Tampa, maybe Toronto, and they're all sure. off to fairly slow starts. 
you know, you're chasing right now. It's got Buffalo and Detroit chasing you, who are clearly most yeah. hockey experts would not have them there in the end. So it's good you're yeah, getting this little jump start. Yeah, no, yeah. And then the Panthers are famous for digging themselves into gigantic holes at the beginning of the year. And and then, you know, coming on strong at the end. You remember, you know, Bob Bugner's teams, you know, they they won 15 out of 17 games, missed the playoffs by a point. Um, the Panthers are not, uh, you know, the Panthers are not used to starting off this way. They've got 12 points already. I mean, they got the max. Um, and like you said, Buffalo and Detroit aren't going to be there when the minutes thing's all said and done. So the Panthers have set themselves up nice here. I had one last question for you, George, uh, and you mentioned the goaltending. Is that the biggest question mark? Which Sergei Bobrovsky are we going to see? Do we even know enough about Spencer Knight at this point? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, th I think that is a question mark. When you look at the last couple seasons with Sergei Bobrovsky, Florida brought him in to be the to be the guy. The this was the difference maker, right? I mean, that's yeah. why the ownership threw ten million dollars at him was because that was the missing piece, and it wasn't the missing piece. Um, if you know, I, I think that having a twenty-year-old rookie goalie and Spencer Knight pushing him has been good for Bob. We were. That was the question of the offseason. How does Sergei Bobrovsky respond to finally, for the first time in a decade, how does he respond to being pushed? How does he, re how does he respond to, to real competition? Because even in years past, if he didn't have any in Columbus, in Florida, he had Chris Drieger. Everybody knew, you know, he was, you know, a cast off from Ottawa who was gone, then got good and then was going to leave as a free agent because you couldn't afford him. So he wasn't sticking around. This guy, Spencer Knight, is pushing Sergey Bobrovsky, and, and Bob has responded to it because, you know, in the four in his four starts this season, he's just been terrific, and you know, he's 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 really putting on a show out there. All right, George Richards from Florida Hockey Now, best source for all Panthers coverage. Thanks for joining us, George. It was great seeing you, and I'll see you down the road in Arizona when you're out there. Thank yeah, you I'll see you guys in a, see you guys in a couple of weeks. Be good. Thank all right, you. Bud, take care. Thanks, George. I will say as a longtime Coyotes follower to hear similar issues that Florida has had as, as a team to finally, well, see their team have this level of success. It does give you hope for the future that hopefully one day Arizona fans can be in that same position, maybe. And it gives, yeah. does bring up the one point though, and, and to, to some of Craig's articles talking about a new building even if you're good and you're six and oh, and you're winning and you have a potential to talk about a quote unquote Stanley cup team, if you're not in the right place, it doesn't matter That's in some markets anyway. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and I kind of set him up with that because you hear that all the time about the coyotes. Oh, nobody cares about the coyotes and granted the coyotes are not a cup contender, but location matters. And PD, you know, sunrise. I mean, we're, we're talking about one of the three worst locations in the NHL. It's sunrise, it's Ottawa, and it's the Coyotes in Glendale. Yep. Those, those are the places where nobody drives because it's just too damn too far. far out yep, of the city. Too far. Yeah. yeah yep. Or away from the fan base. Yeah. But uh, talking about, you know, you mentioned is Florida a contender. So I went on drafting sports book and they are actually tied for second with the best odds to win. Um, they're plus 800 tied with Tampa, only Colorado is ahead at plus 550. Mm -hmm. So that's some pretty good odds, um, given to them on the drafting sportsbook app. I would say it, it's amazing to me right now that I mean, I, I mean, this is it's early in the season, but Florida, Carolina, St. Louis, and Edmonton, 
Those are your undefeated teams. That's everybody's final four, right? I no. know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody's final four, right? I know. We don't have any of those teams winning their division, do we? <laughs> uh, I think Florida, I might have. Maybe. Or no, we all said Tampa. But I did I did say good things about Florida, I think. So, wow. but yeah, I, I don't think we predicted that at all. Um, I don't think the odds makers did either. Um, so if you want to ride this wave of success and get on some of these future team futures odds, you can do so over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you sign up using the promo code PHNX um, and bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and they do, you get $200 in free bets. You can use some of those free bets, put it on. If you're wanting to ride this Florida wave, if you want to ride the St. Louis or Carolina or Edmonton wave, go for it. Um, If you want to bet for or against the Coyotes, any of it you can do on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, safe, secure, reliable, easy to use. That's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And uh, let's talk about some of the, we got the top of the league and then the bottom. And there's just two extremes of what is happening right now in the league, I would say. Um, at the top, we have Florida 6-0, and leading the Atlantic Eastern Conference and the league. Carolina 5-0, and first in the Metro, second in the Eastern Conference. St. Louis 5-0, and first in Central, tied with Edmonton for first in the Western Conference. Edmonton 5-0, and first in Pacific, tied first in the Western Conference. And what do all these teams have in common? The Coyotes have played them already <laughs> or play them in the next 10 days. <laughs> so maybe which yeah. is the biggest surprise to you guys of those four teams? St. Louis for me. Yeah. Me St. Too. Louis for me too. When we talked I, on our preview show, there's the one team that got left out as a maybe battling for a potential playoff spot. Jordan Bennington has played um, above what we had given him credit for, I think. And then you're looking at the resurgence of David Perron leading the team in goals and points right now. And a young player in Jordan Cairo, who's also adding to that offense. I, I mean, they're, they're putting up big offensive numbers. They're defending well. I, it's a good hockey team right now. And don't discount the importance of getting off to these starts, what it means mm-hmm. over time. It's yeah, true. a lot of coaches will talk about that. St. Louis, of course, as you mentioned, Leah is 5-0. and They're tops in the league in goals per game. Five goals per game. That's not going to last, obviously. But they've got seven players averaging a point per game. They've got 12 guys who've scored. Their power play is clicking at 37.5%, which is shockingly second in the NHL because Edmonton has just been torrid right now. It's unbelievable what's going on with this team right now. When, when I look at the Blues, I always think heavy hard, good defensive team, good goaltending if Biddington's on. I don't think of St. Louis as an offensive juggernaut right now. They're the top team in the league offensively. Which is crazy given the the depth of the central division. And we had said, oh, St. Louis is just, is going to be a wild card team. But now they see, I mean, just this early in, but they seem to be setting themselves up for success going forward. But you know, then on the flip, there's some teams that we thought maybe would have this that aren't, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's my big surprise. And then just some other like notable successes. And again, I don't think these are going to last, but San Jose is four and one. I think PD said they were going to finish bottom of the Pacific. Uh, Buffalo is four and one. I mean, I don't think any of us saw that one coming again. Don't think it's going to last, but just it's just interesting to see how things are shaking out um, in the first couple of weeks of the NHL season. It's just, I don't think 
anyone saw a lot of this coming. No, no, definitely not. San Jose is another interesting story. Um, Aiden Hill is playing pretty well up there for former Coyote, but quite honestly, that team is playing really well in front of them. Uh, they're making life pretty easy on Aiden Hill right now. And we talked about this, I think, previously. You wonder how much the simple absence of Evander Kane is, is impacting the Sharks if they're, they have found new life because they've got him out of the locker room. Yeah, there goes a lot to be said for getting a, a locker room all on the same page and feeling good. And, hey, we're going to show you guys. And this was what the problem was. We told management this is what the problem was. Let's show them that this is what the problem is. So, yeah, right now they're playing well. They're playing above, I, I think, their talent level right now. And they're getting good goaltending. I, I, who knows? The Pacific Division is so wide open other than right now, Edmonton. You even look at Vegas right now. The start they're having is horrific it's for crazy. down in Vegas. And I know they've got some injuries. They've got some big name players out, but there's other teams with injuries that are still limping along and getting through and getting wins. I, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in Vegas. The, the, the loss of Marc-Andre Fleury, well-liked in the room gave them a, a one-two goaltending tandem that they just don't have now. I like Brassois from Winnipeg, but he's not Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, Vegas is going to have to find a way to score. Like yeah. this, and I tell you what, their owner is extremely impatient. This won't last forever. Like that, that's, a, that's a leash that went from extremely long to really short in a quick, quick you know, number of weeks. So keep your eye on Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is just one and four um, last in the Pacific Division, and they're only ahead of Arizona and Chicago in the West, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, they're still have the fourth best odds on DraftKings Sportsbook um, to win. So I don't think anyone is panicking quite yet, maybe, <laughs> at least on the, the betting, sports betting front. But yeah, that I was surprised to see that for sure from uh, Vegas. Should we talk about the other teams at the bottom or did you want to stay at the top for a few more minutes? Let's get this nailed out the top. The Edmonton Oilers, the team we had as a playoff team, we all had them scoring. We've seen them play now. We've seen their speed. McDavid's leading the league with 13 points. I, I, I'm not surprised, bro, their, their offensive outburst from dry, dry settle and McDavid. I am surprised a little bit how much they're getting depth scoring. You know, Nugent Hopkins with seven points, Puyarvi with eight. Like they've got a lot of guys over five points, including Zach Cassian. And the goaltending has been better than I expected with Mike Smith having some early injury um, problems. Um, it's a team we had at the top of the playoffs. I think they're going to be a, a playoff team. Do I see them being a big threat to win the cup right now? Probably not. I don't know if they're going to have the defensive depth that some of these other teams have um, to get them over that hump to, to get through the long playoff season. But it's a team that's definitely going to be there when the dust settles. For sure. And Carolina. I'm sorry, Craig. I don't know if you wanted to speak on Edmonton, but Carolina is also, I mean, have a ton of success and also rubbing it in everyone's faces online, <laughs> especially <laughs> against Montreal. Yeah. They've been doing that for a while. So uh, yeah, Carolina is a good team. Uh, I, of the teams there, I don't, I'm not shocked that Carolina is in its position right now that that's a really good hockey team. Um, so I, I guess of, of the four teams that we're talking about, they're the least surprising to me right now. Although I still, you know, Carolina still strikes me as that team that's really good, but never quite good enough to win a cup. And I'm starting to feel that way about the Vegas Golden Knights, by the way, as we uh, flip around to the other end of the spectrum right now, they're not quite at the bottom like the Coyotes, but I've, I've long questioned Vegas's center depth. I, I've never thought that they were strong enough up the middle to actually win a cup and they've come close, 
but you I've wondered for years, okay, when when does the downward slide start with this team? They went for it all right right off the bat. Um, is there a point, PD, and, and maybe you can speak to this uh, in terms of belief in a locker room. Is there a point where you get so close so many times and don't get there where you just stop believing and it, it starts to go downhill? Yeah, and I don't know. Unfortunately, I haven't been in that spot, Craig. I've worked here. <laughs> uh, um, but you know what? I The concern there is the expectation and the bar was set so high in their inaugural season that anything less than a Stanley Cup appearance is a failure. And having that kind of expectations and standards, it's extremely difficult to keep up with, which makes problems throughout the organization. I mean, now, and I, I a little tongue in cheek when I'm talking about um, a coaching change there, but honestly, it's probably not far off. Like it's, it's going to start being discussed and I don't want to say they panic. They want to win period. Like what does it cost? Who do we need? that owner is committed to winning a Stanley cup and whatever that piece might be that they think this is going to get us over the hump. Trust me, they're going to do, and they're going to try. And by 20, 30 games in, if they're not performing much, much better, I, something's going to shake up. And, and then is it too late? Is the window closed now? Cause you're seeing these teams like Florida that are incredibly fast. Vegas is a quick team and, and they rely on their team speed. They're nowhere near what Florida can do on the ice. Like yeah. Florida, Florida Tampa last year, I still think was the top series in the entire playoffs in the opening round because you got to see speed, skill, physicality. It was everything mixed in one. And I don't know if Vegas has all of the tools in their basket anymore. So I'm not sure Vegas is going to be the heavy favorite that they have been over the last few years. You know, Carolina, you talk about a team that's always kind of, around it and maybe not there my one question mark if we saw it here in arizona was anti ranta he has yet to play freddie anderson's been great for them right now can't play 82 so what are you going to get out of anti ranta who's been sitting on a bench for how many weeks now i mean i i i think you have to have two goalies that can play if you're going to win in this league and right now carolina we haven't seen what their backup goalie can do whereas florida we have and they have a, a goalie tandem that i think can perform so it'll be interesting to see when carolina gets in those kind of situations mm. definitely um all right well also at the bottom should we still let's start with montreal one in five last in the atlantic and the eastern conference um of course we're in the Stanley Cup final last year or without Carey Price, without Shea Weber. I mean, it's Craig called it from the beginning that they were not a playoff team, but I don't know if I necessarily saw it going this badly for them to start. Unless yeah, I, I don't know that I did either. <laughs> I don't know that I saw them struggling this badly, but I, I do not think this is a playoff team. And part of that is because of the division that they're in. Um, when I look at this division with Florida, Boston, Tampa Bay and Toronto. I just, I, I don't think Montreal's a better team than any one of those clubs. So, I mean, they could have had a, a pretty good season and still missed the postseason. Um, you know, they could be a wild card, of course, but the, the Eastern Conference is, is pretty strong. So it's, it's a tough situation for Montreal, but getting off to this bad start, you know, PD mentioned how important it is to have a good start on the flip side of the coin. It's, it, it can hurt you when you dig yourself this big a hole. Um, I, I just don't see it with Montreal. We've talked about them on the podcast. We're going to talk about a couple other teams that we haven't talked about as much, but I mean, Montreal's problems to me are, are similar to other teams. I don't, I don't think they have the center depth. I don't think that they're that good up the middle. I just don't think overall that this is anything more than a bubble playoff team. 
you know, they worked hard last year to get where they were. You don't want to take anything away from their playoff run. They did it by, by honestly, they just worked harder than other teams and they had good opportunity. They had puck luck. They had great goaltending. All those things are true. They're not working hard enough right now. They're not creating any offense. I don't know if they thought it's a, it's either a Stanley cup final hangover, or if they just thought it was going to come easy because they were in the Stanley cup finals. They're not doing the little things that they were doing a year ago to be successful. The bigger issue is they're less than two weeks into the season and they're 10 points behind Florida. You cannot make that up uh, by, by Thanksgiving. If they're not by American Thanksgiving, by the way, Leah, if they're not much better in the standings here, they literally have no chance to make the playoffs in this, the most difficult division in hockey or the second most. Gosh, the yeah. East is tough this year. Yeah. So I, really Montreal is. is where they they are. Um, they play Seattle tonight. I've got Montreal with a win tonight in Seattle. I don't think Seattle's a very good club either. Right now, I think they're they're going to be one of the teams that you're looking at the Shane Wright sweepstakes. I think Seattle might be towards the bottom. Maybe not where the, the Coyotes are, but they are definitely going to be out of the playoffs and, and looking for draft picks. Well, speaking of the bottom and sweepstakes. I know Craig's been just waiting for this right now. Oh, I don't have my cowbell with me here in, in Tampa. Let's talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. Good Lord. Oh, five and one tied with Arizona for last in the central and last in the West. And, and as we record, we are uh, just minutes away from a news conference uh, where the Blackhawks will announce the findings of their independent investigation into ugh, how do you want to say it? Yeah, just, uh, their stuff. Bad, the, the, the gross, the gross stuff that was happening within that organization yeah. that a lot of people knew about, including Stan Bowman, the general manager, and uh, his his father, Scotty Bowman, who has is immensely accomplished in this league, uh, almost sainted in the NHL, but presently useless in the Blackhawks organization and carrying far too much power. I, I don't know what's coming from this investigation. It's an ugly, ugly situation, but the Blackhawks, the, the optics around this organization are just horrible right now. And if they don't handle this the right way, it's going to get even worse. We, you know, I, I remember back when the senior words was still in charge of this franchise. Um, they weren't showing games on local TV. There were a lot of issues the local fan base was not happy with this guy and attendance was way down. Well, Rocky Words did a wonderful job of remaking the image of this team. They won three cups, but man, with all that's going on right now, not the least of which is what's happening on the ice and the, the fits and starts. And is it a rebuild? Is it not a rebuild? Is it what former president John McDonough bizarrely said as trying to rewin? I don't even know what that means. What's happening with the Blackhawks right now? They are killing all the goodwill that they created during those cup runs. Yeah, and, and I know we're going to get in-depth probably a little bit more tomorrow because the press conference is, as Craig mentioned, later today, so we'll have more details that we can share tomorrow. It's just a dark cloud right now over that team, and it's so unfortunate for all the good things that they accomplished to have this kind of you know, atmosphere around the team right now. And, and if you could separate it, even from that the disastrous story, separate it from that right now as a hockey team right now, what the hell are they? Yeah. And and that I, I sit there and look at all the moves they made over the summer and you're trying to decide if Seth Jones is doing his job, he's leading the team in points right now. He's got four assists. I know that doesn't seem like a, a leading score. He's minus nine. It's a guy you expected to be able to defend. You know, this is the resurgent. Oh, you know, bringing Taves and Kane back. Taves looking for his first goal right now. Um, 
I don't know. We talked about them being a playoff team. Well, clearly, I don't think that's going to be the case now. Um, you know, I, I, they've hopefully this press conference happens. They get this event past them. They make the changes they need to make, and they can start to move forward. Because you hate to see it with one of the original six teams to have this keep carrying on and hope, you know, people heal, we move on, and we start talking just about the Chicago Blackhawks playing hockey. But right now, they're not a very good hockey team. They're not scoring, they're not defending, and Marc-Andre Fleury is second in goals against and save percentage behind Carter Hutton. So right now, those two are, their numbers are, are not good enough to win in, in either Arizona or Chicago. So I, I, I hope we we are talking better days in Chicago soon. Yeah. And I think I said it last night um, on the, our post game show is that, you know, at least with the coyotes, our expectations were managed that we knew this is going to be a rebuild going, you know, looking at the moves, the Blackhawks made in the off season, acquiring Mark Andre Fleury who won the Vesna last year. So to be second behind Carter Hutton is shocking. Um, looking at that now, of course, Seth Jones, Jonathan Taves coming back in. So a lot of people were wondering what this Blackhawks team was going to accomplish. Maybe they were going to be that wild card team. Nobody really even knew. So to see now them not only have all of this off ice drama, but just in terms of the on ice performance, have it be going this badly. Like that's crushing <laughs> where at least, you know, coyotes fans are, were had knew this was coming had their expectations managed, but for the Blackhawks, I mean, this is disastrous. I don't know what other way to put it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I've been railing on the Blackhawks for five years now. <laughs> That's it's five years. And it's it, by the way, I, and I know I, uh, I promote uh, some of my former colleagues at the athletic, but Mark Lazarus is one of my favorite writers in the entire NHL and he and Scott powers did a terrific look at everything that's ailing the Blackhawks. Some of the things that we've already talked about. Um, but again, you can trace this back to that 2016 playoff when they won 50 games and Nashville swept them in the first round. Since then it's, it's been just a series of panic moves by Stan Bowman, um, either selling off players like Nicholas Chalmerson and, uh, uh, on time, Artemi Panarin or, bringing in guys, you know, former Blackhawks that were past their prime, making uh, signings, making trades that just didn't make sense. There were times where he said it was a rebuild. There were times where he said they were restocking. I don't know what's going on there right now, but if five years of proof, not to mention the investigation that's going on or, or is now completed, isn't enough proof that Stan Bowman isn't your guy. I don't know what is guys. I really don't know what else to say. Yeah, I think there will be changes. And unfortunately for Jeremy Colton, it might be behind the bench first. Um, his leash is, is shorter than what we mentioned in Vegas. I can't imagine there's not changes coming in Chicago. I, I, I don't know how they don't get past this without changing some of the personnel. And I'm not just talking about the event, the incident. And they're, I'm talking about the hockey. Like just, just straight up hockey decisions, hockey moves, and the hockey team they're putting in the ice. I, I don't know how they don't move past their current regime. But time will tell. Yeah, and we'll follow up with uh, what happens the rest of today on tomorrow's podcast. Um, one last note around the league, and then we'll wrap up with some uh, just brief Coyotes news is we want to talk about Toronto, 2-4-1. and one. Um, Last three losses, 4-1, to 7-1, 5-3. Um, <laughs> Craig put in his notes the 
Toronto fans and media are nuts. <laughs> the sky is falling. <laughs> I just <laughs> look, I get concern over a team that you want to take, see, take a step forward. And there, there are questions clearly about this roster and this team because they haven't got out of the first round. Um, but I, with all the talent there, you look like, look at the shooting percentages of their top players. They're below their, their career averages. So that's going to regret, that's going to come back to the mean. I, I just, I see this so often with Toronto, with the fan base, with the media, how they overreact to the smallest sample. It's, it's too early in the season. It's not like they're winless at this point. Yes. They're not playing up to expectations. Yes. You, you might be concerned that this is a top heavy roster that still doesn't have the depth to compete for a cup, but to, to just basically throw them in the, in the bonfire right now, because they've lost a few games. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not on board with that. Yeah. This is, this is a better team than what they're showing. They, they haven't been able to score goals. That's their biggest problem right now. That's going to come um, goal tending. Jack Campbell, respectable two thirty nine goals against average save percentage is right at the, you know, the nine fifteen mark. They're, they're going to come around. Austin Matthews has one goal. Like he, he's a guy that's, yeah. you know, Austin Matthews is a premier elite talent in this league. He's going to, he is going to start to provide goals and offense for this team. Do they make the playoffs? I, I, I think they do, but there's a lot of hockey left for the, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, you got Detroit and Buffalo ahead of them in the standings right now. I don't think it ends up that way. Yeah. And I think I said it on our pre-season show, which was, that maybe they need to go through some adversity in the regular season to be able to have success in the playoffs. So and a big matchup with Chicago tomorrow night, the two teams we just talked about meet tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So somebody has got to win. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And also just, I know I've been pulling up all these DraftKings numbers, but on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, they're tied for third with the best odds um, tied with Vegas plus 900. So there's a head still of Edmonton and Carolina and St. Louis who we all just mentioned as undefeated team so far. So Toronto, take a breath. It'll be okay. Um, again, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code PHNX when you sign up. Bet $5 on an NFL team. And if that team wins, get your $200 in free bets. And do you know what else the promo code PHNX can get you? If you head over to Manscaped, right, PD? Yeah, support for the PHNX Coyotes podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using that same code PHNX. I was pulling out of my driveway yesterday to go to the show, and I ran to my neighbor, Brad. The true story. He asked, oh. for, a, he asked for a saw. I thought, well, what are you trying to do? What are you doing? He's, he pointed out this bush in the front yard, and it had a couple of dead limbs, and he wanted a saw to cut them off. And I said, buddy... That's the wrong tool for that job. So I went to my tool shed and I got the clippers and I just, in two seconds, I clipped his bush to make it look nice and neat. So after I trimmed the dead limbs, I said, Hey, Brad, if you want to keep your yard trimmed, it's important to use the right tool for the job. Have you heard about manscaped.com? They have the right tool for the right job for all of your personal grooming needs. Keep your bush and your whole yard trimmed and clean. Don't hack up your bush like you hacked up this one. Clean up your front yard and then clean up your yard. Don't get an HOA violation in your pants. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. Manscaped, giving a whole new meaning to Neighborhood Watch.
How does he do it? That was elite. Uh, our <laughs> listeners want to know, how does he do it? How does he bring it every time? Don't get an HOA violation in your pants. <laughs> how do you think of that? God. Well, I need some good news here. We And, and speaking of good news, I, I don't know if it's going to come tomorrow or Thursday night for the Coyotes. I, I just, I, I oh, don't God. know if well, it's coming. I, I just I, the goaltender situation scares me. I know Vamelka is going to be put to the test here. Does he play back to back? Does Prozvatov get one of these starts? Um, I know he flew across country. He, he'll land shortly here if he hasn't already. Um, you know, it's, it's maybe that's the key to getting the first win. Maybe Prozvatov brings some of that. He's got two shutouts in the American League already. Maybe he stonewalls the opponent in one of these two games and, and comes up with a surprise win. I, I'm not sure where it comes from. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, we don't have good news on the injury front. I just got this while uh, we were recording, guys. Confirmed that Connor Timmons could miss, could miss 8 to 12 weeks with a lower oh. body injury. So that sounds like a bad one. And what, what a tough break for a kid who's had a bunch of injuries already. Uh, you know, you wanted to see him play and develop this season. And obviously, he's going to be out a chunk of time. Carter Hutton could miss two to four weeks with a lower body injury. Still no update on Ryan Dezingle, who suffered an upper body injury. I, I suspect in that fight when he was when he was defending Timmons after Timmons got hurt by Red Kogudis. But yeah. just yeah, it's not good news for an already a difficult and depleted roster. You know, we need to find, you know, Hutton finally his best period so far this young season. And now he's out. Connor Timmons offensively showed some things. I still think defensively he had a long way to go. And, and, and the bad news, Craig, I, I know our members in our discord are going, when, when is the first win? When is the first win? Uh, pull out the calendar. Like, I mean, you've got the ducks on the fifth of November in Anaheim, but you got to think that's the end of this incredibly long road trip and the ducks, you know what they can score and they've got a goaltender that can win games for you the next night. I I've got that weekend being their first win, whether it's it's Friday against the ducks or the second half of the back to back coming home against the crack. And I, I just think that that's a good matchup for the coyotes. I don't think they're incredibly physical. They're not incredibly fast. They hound the puck very well, but I think um, they're not lighting up special teams on either end of the puck. So I, I've got the coyotes getting their first win the weekend of November 5th and 6th. Yikes. Yeah. That's, that's a long way. Yeah. yeah, it's a long way and not great news on the injury front. Um, we mentioned that the Coyotes were called Prozvitov from Tucson. He's in three games played, 1.34 goals against, average 0.944 save percentage, um, two wins and a loss. And then Cam Deneen, a defenseman, called up um, one goal, two assists, three points in four games, plus one. So we'll probably see those two in the lineup here in the coming uh, two weeks and hopefully – there's no more bad news on the injury front because it's just the last thing you want to see um, from a team already struggling to 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 win. I feel for these guys right now. I really do. I, look, you, you don't you don't root for teams when you cover them, but I mean, you look you 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 root for human beings. You feel for human beings, and it it is tough to go through this right now. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to all of Christian Fisher's post-game interview last night, but man, he was good in, in a really tough situation. It is, we, we take this for granted sometimes in media. We, you know, we, we always expect the guys to come out and answer the questions, but when you are struggling on such an epic scale, it's really tough to sit there and field all the questions. Some guys do it and they'll just, they'll give you quick answers. Um, Christian Fisher never mails it in. He, he thinks about, he gives thoughtful 
articulate, um, and well-analyzed thoughts on, on all situations, and they're heartfelt. You, you can tell that he cares a lot. And man, I, I just, I, I know that it's a very small piece of, of the entire puzzle when it comes to pro sports, but we have a job to do as well. And when you get guys like that in front of the camera or the mic, you really appreciate them because they, they, they show respect for our job. That's, that's part of the reason he won the Shane Doan Good Guy Award the, the last time it was awarded because he does stuff like that. He's always accessible and he's always amazing in interviews. And you know what? And he's also putting it not just off the ice in the interview. I mean, he's playing on the ice. Like he's, he's working yeah. his ass off every shift. Christian Fisher's never going to lead this team in scoring. Sorry. He just isn't. He doesn't have that kind of skill set. He doesn't have the hands around the net, but he is, if everybody on this roster worked as hard as he did right now, they wouldn't be looking for their first win. I, I I'm, mildly disappointed at, at some of the things you're seeing on the ice and in the complacency. And I I'm fearful that it's going to get worse as the losses pile up. And then what happens inside the locker room? What's the attitude like of the coaching staff? What's the, the communication between the leadership group and the coaches? I get the wheels can come off in a damn hurry. If you don't get some wins and this is frustrating to these players, you could see it in Christian's eyes and his voice last night. And you do start to feel for him. All you can ask is they go out there and play as hard as they can. And right now you look at on paper that the next three games, they're outmatched and not, not saying they can't get a, a great performance by a goaltender or somebody comes offensively and, and gets them over the hump. But right now, these next three games, I, I'm just, I am very concerned that it's going to get more frustrating for players, coaches, and fans. And, and I hope that they find a win somewhere. Cause that one win will mean a lot and that will help them get, to the next game, the next win. It, I, I think that first win is going to be the biggest struggle for this team. Petey, does this team need to go get a goaltender now? I, I don't know that being with the NHL club is what's best for Ivan Prozvatov right now. I mean, he's look at his numbers in the American League. It's what we talked about. Playing every night in a, in a not only is he playing, he's succeeding, and he's given his op- team an opportunity to win. What happens here? What what what's the goal of him here? Maybe facing better shots, but he's going to face a lot of them. And you know what? It's going to lose. And we talked already about how losing breeds losing. And I, I just think the atmosphere in the American league where he can be the guy um, lead the league in, in some statistical categories, be on the all-star team, win, like those kind of things they can happen for him down in the American league. They're not going to happen for him here. He's going to be at the bottom of the statistical categories and they're not trying to win anyway. So let's develop the kid. I don't know if Carter Hutton's out for, for a month, maybe more. There's still goalies out there. I mean, Devin Dubnik, we've said his name over and over and over again. And believe me, he's not the answer to get this team to the playoffs, but he's an answer to keep Prozvatov developing. And that's more important. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do try to pick up a goalie here in the next few days. Yeah, well, whatever happens, um, we will be covering it for you. We'll have another um, audio episode tomorrow. We'll be back for our post-game show Thursday after the Tampa game. Um Friday post game, a lot of games this week. So you can follow all of our coverage um, at PHNX underscore coyotes on Twitter. Of course, become a member at gophnx.com to have access to all of Craig's written stories, um, not just about the coyotes, but their stories about all of the teams here in the valley at gophnx.com, access to all of the amazing merchandise as well. So there's there's still a lot of things to be excited about here in the valley. Um, but in terms of Coyotes coverage, you can find it here. Of course, follow Craig on Twitter at Craig S. Morgan, me at Leah Merrill at S. Peters Hockey. Um, and if you're listening to this on your 
on uh, Apple or Spotify. Make sure you're following. Make sure you're subscribed to the PHNX Sports YouTube page for all of our post-game shows live right after every game. And uh, we'll we'll continue to cover this team no matter what. So hopefully for the sake of all of us, there's some happiness and joy soon-ish. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, have a great day, everyone. Thank you. There's no answer for it, really, of how you how you deal with it. Um, you never hope to to go through it. Um, we're we're in it though, so we're in the thick of it, and there's no easy way out. It's going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of you know physical sacrifice, mental sacrifice. There's a lot of we believe in ourselves in that group in that room. We we have you know 23 players that we know when we play good hockey, our hockey. We have chances to win a lot of the, a lot of the nights. So um, most of the time, we're we're self-inflicting ourselves with with the with the score or giving the other team the offense or the puck. So fix up that. It's listen. It's it's early, but it sucks. Um, we keep working. It's we we're a team that needs to go balls out every single night, and that's the way it's got to be for the next you know every game. Uh, that's that's the way it goes.